0: Pulmonary arterial hypertension is a rare but devastating condition causing high pressures in the lungs, difficulty breathing, chest pain, and fatigue, and can quickly become fatal. A novel blood test has recently been described that can be used to evaluate disease severity and hopefully improve survivability in patients with pulmonary arterial hypertension, or PAH. Welcome to Heart Matters on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, and joining me today are the two co authors of the study published in circulation coming from the National Institutes of Health Drs. Michael Solomon and Dr. Sean agbar Enno. Dr. Solomon is the head of the cardiology section for critical care medicine and co director of the translational pulmonary arterial hypertension program at the NIH. And Dr. Sean Agbar-Eno is the Chief of the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute's Laboratory of Applied Precisionomics. Dr. Solomon and Dr. Agbar-Eno, welcome to our program today.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Dr. Sorrentino, and I appreciate the invitation. Yeah,
0: Thank you very much. So, Dr. Solomon, let me start by asking you a question. Can you give us a little bit of background? on how we currently diagnose and test for patients that we suspect of having pulmonary arterial hypertension.
1: Sure, I'd be glad to. So, so first I wanna start off and just say that there is currently no blood test that can specifically diagnose pulmonary arterial hypertension. So the main diagnostic algorithm for pulmonary hypertension usually follows a stepwise approach. It starts with suspicion by physicians due to their patient's symptoms. Symptoms and physical exam findings should be followed up with an echocardiogram. Echocardiographic signs of pulmonary hypertension might include a dilated right atrium, right ventricle, or inferior vena cava. You could see hypertrophied right ventricle, a flattened interventricular septum leading to what we call a D-shaped left ventricle, decreased tricuspid annular plane systolic excursion, suggesting that RV function is diminished. You could see uh, increased systolic peak tricuspid regurgitation velocity by continuous wave Doppler, which would translate into an elevated estimated systolic pulmonary artery pressure. But finally, the, the, the final step in confirmation is a right heart catheterization. Pulmonary hypertension would be defined by a mean pulmonary artery pressure greater than 20 millimeters of mercury at rest. The definition of pulmonary arterial hypertension also implies a pulmonary vascular resistance of greater than two wood units and a pulmonary artery occlusion pressure of less than or equal to 15 millimeters of mercury. This is precapillary pulmonary hypertension. And pulmonary arterial hypertension is pulmonary hypertension. Not all pulmonary hypertension is pulmonary arterial hypertension. So for instance, one might want to do lung imaging, both non-contrast computer tomography and contrast enhanced computer tomography, pulmonary angiography, to rule out respectively World Health Organization Group 3, which is pH associated with lung diseases and hypoxia, and Group 4, which is pulmonary hypertension associated with chronic thromboembolism. And then Group 2, we've kind of already taken care of at the right heart catheterization, that would be due to left heart disease, but we've found that this is purely pre-capillary. If the pulmonary artery occlusion pressure is less than 15 millimeters of mercury with heart disease, you'd expect it to be greater than 15 millimeters of mercury, which would be kind of a post-capillary pulmonary hypertension, and there would be other signs on echocardiography. Um, Other things you can look at are chest X-ray and EKG, but normal chest X-ray and normal EKG do not rule out the diagnosis.
0: So Dr. Agbar-Eno, as you just heard from Dr. Solomon, this can be a pretty elaborate way of diagnosing somebody with PAH. So how does this new blood test help to evaluate patients with PAH? And I guess the real question is, can we not do all this testing if your blood test can give us the answer?
2: So, that's an interesting question. The diagnosis of PAH involves multiple steps and multiple different diagnostic algorithms, some of which are quite invasive, like right heart catheterization, where they're quite invasive procedures. So, here, what we're suggesting is a blood test, but not for the diagnosis of pulmonary arterial hypertension, however, but more for an evaluation of these patients. Now the goal of such a blood test would be to ask a few questions. Question number 1. How severe is this patient's pulmonary hypertension? Because treatment and management plans are directed based on patient's disease severity. Question number 2. In addition to the pulmonary artery, what other tissues or organs are affected in this patient with this disease? And then question number 3. What is, is some form of a prediction of poor outcome in these patients? For example, in this study, we look at something we call transplant free survival, which is the chance that this patient would be alive and free from transplantation. So we looked at the, whether cell free DNA could help identify that. And something else which we did not evaluate in this study that's also quite important to patients is how well they respond to. Treatment. So, those are some of the ways that some of these tests can be used in evaluating patients with pulmonary hypertension.
0: So this really sounds exciting that we may have a tool that can answer some of those questions. Dr. Solomon, the the question I have about this test then, uh, how did it work out in clinical studies? Uh, Does this test correlate with symptom severity? Does it give us some idea of prognosis from the cohort of patients you've looked at?
1: Sure. So um, let me just preface that first by saying, you know, the interesting thing about plasma cell-free DNA is that it's being constantly shed and constantly cleared. So it really does give you kind of a picture of what the patient is more at that time that you're doing the test. And so we looked at plasma cell free exam. We looked at it in two pulmonary arterial hypertension cohorts. One was from Allegheny General Hospital and the other from Tufts Medical Center. And then we had our own group of, of controls. We also collected data to calculate what is known as a REVEAL score. REVEAL is the registry to evaluate early and long-term pulmonary arterial hypertension disease management. And that score consists of 14 variables, some of which are invasive. The patients were then divided into REVEAL groups by risk based on their score. They were either low, medium, or high. And then total cell-free DNA concentrations were compared among the control as well as these various pulmonary arterial hypertension risk groups. We also took a sample subset from one of our cohorts and we went ahead and performed bisulfite sequencing, which followed by a deconvolution algorithm, which is essentially a methylation analysis. What that allowed us to do was look at cell specific cell free DNA patterns to have a good idea of where that cell free DNA was coming from. And so when we did all this, I think we found a couple of interesting things. One was that circulating cell-free DNA is elevated in patients with pulmonary arterial hypertension compared to healthy controls. And in two independent pulmonary arterial hypertension cohorts, we found that cell-free DNA concentrations increased with severity of disease and predicted transplant-free survival in the larger of our cohorts. We didn't have enough outcome data in the smaller cohort to do it in the smaller cohort. Third, the methylation patterns that that we determined for the cell free DNA's origin were biologically plausible sites for PAH, pulmonary arterial hypertension. And that included erythrocyte progenitor cells, myeloid lineage inflammatory cells, vascular endothelium, and cardiac myocytes. So, what we had essentially was circulating cell free DNA is elevated in pulmonary hypertension patients, it correlated with disease severity, and it predicted worse survival. And the results of our methylation analysis on cell-free DNA suggested that it was essentially a biologically plausible marker because it was consistent with prevailing paradigms of the disease.
0: For those just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, and I'm speaking with Doctors Michael Solomon and Sean Agbar-Eno about a novel blood test circulating cell-free DNA that evaluates patients with pulmonary arterial hypertension. Uh, turning back to you, uh, Dr. Agbar-Eno, this test really sounds exciting. What are the next steps? How do we get it available and, and know that it's really going to help our patients?
2: I think as next steps, I would recommend three steps. Step one is validation. This is shown by our group. It is true that we did not only show these findings in one cohort from a different hospital, Allegheny. We also validated that in a different cohort of patients collected in a very different center by different investigators in Tufts. That's true that we did that. However, we did this. It would be great if another group would do the analysis, pull the cohort together and validate this. So that's step one. I think some degree of validation would be relevant. Step two in my mind, is the assay itself. The assay itself, we extract cell-free DNA and we, we use something that we call a whole genome sequencing approach, which we sequence all the DNA in order to generate this information. We secret sequence one sample at somewhere of around 170 to 250 million reads of cell-free DNA. That's pretty deep. Deep equals expensive. So, We need to tailor the test to become a test that is quick, that is cheaper, and that can be used. And there are multiple approaches to do that, using approaches like PCR, digital droplet PCR, and some other methods, which one can use. So there are already technologies that can speed that up. Step three is going to be applying the test itself to patients, and then seeing how this test performs in a prospective cohort of patients for which the test is being used.
0: Dr. Solomon, the future of this test, do you think it will actually supplant or replace some of the testing we do now? Do you think its power from what you've seen so far will give us a better idea of prognosis and survivability that maybe we can avoid right heart casts and some of the other things we have to do now?
1: Sure, that's a great question. Let me take a step back and just say, Right now, we have 14 FDA-approved therapies for pulmonary arterial hypertension, and yet survival remains poor. So it's about 57% to 60%, maybe at five years. And the key here is, in part, I think this poor survival is related to the delay between symptom onset and diagnosis. In one study, the average was about 31 months between symptom onset and diagnosis, that's a long time and one would argue we might be getting our therapies started late and to start these therapies earlier could be another way of making a difference and to do that, we need to understand the pH pathogenesis better and we need improved testing, improved diagnostic testing and I think that's why this test is so powerful because It does two things. One, it's a single blood test and it's shown again, you know, to be elevated in pulmonary arterial hypertension and to be associated with disease severity, but it also is giving us clues into which tissues are involved, which helps us understand the pathophysiology because we can look at where the cell-free DNA, the elevated portion of the cell-free DNA are coming from. I think there's other work to be done, some more research, some more studies, but it's got great potential.
0: This certainly sounds exciting and a promising advancement, and I can't wait to see if we can use a test like that in these very difficult to treat and very sick patients. I want to thank my guests, Drs. Michael Solomon and Sean Agbar-Eno for sharing their insights. It was wonderful speaking with you today. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: For ReachMD, I'm Dr. Matthew Sorrentino. To access this and other episodes in our series, visit reachmd.com slash heartmatters where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.